Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 80. That's right, 80 of the 301 Outlet Podcast. We got three of the four. Myself being Darian, we got my main man, Evan, and the Philly man himself, Mark, here to give you a good old episode of the 301 Outlet Podcast. How y'all doing, brothers? The big slam champion. Slam boy. Feeling pretty good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So since we're talking about slams and the champion, we're going to talk about last night's home run derby, which was amazing. Um, Washington's own Juan Soto beat the rookie, um, Julio Rod- Rodriguez, in the final round of the uh of the home run derby i think it was uh what was it like 20 to 17 it was 20 to 18 20 to 18 i was close juan soto beat julio rodriguez of the seattle mariners so um how did y'all feel about the home run derby did you like it um did you think that things could have been better um what are your initial thoughts about it? I'm gonna be real. When I saw like the shadows in the first round of the of the home run derby, I was like, "Fuck no, dog!" How, like, how are you supposed to see the ball like that? Because I mean, I know I know it looks easy from like that little camera view, but anybody who's played baseball knows that there's a certain point of the day, especially like in stadiums like that, where the pitcher can see the ball coming out of his hands, but it's really hard to see the ball at the plate. So my question was, how was they going to see the ball well enough to, to hit home runs out of there? And sure enough, they did, especially Julio. Especially Julio. Like, Julio was a man possessed in the first couple rounds, and he just kind of ran out of gas, whereas Juan paced himself, and my man's, as a World Series champion, and now he's a home run derby champion. Yeah, I liked it, honestly. All I got to say, though, is that um, I believe though Julio Rodriguez um, was going to win it all, but he definitely gained a fan out of me. I think he, like, kind of, uh, you know, got put on the map after last night because he came out and hit 32 home runs in that first round. I'm like, sheesh. I didn't think, like, anybody was going to, like, really catch up to him, though, even though beat that, but... I mean, Juan Soto came through like in a row, like clutch, uh, close round. I believe they were in like a tied round, if I'm not mistaken. They had to play like a, a bonus round or something like that. Yeah, no, it wasn't Juan. a tie. Oh, oh it wasn't, wasn't a tie. One, 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 like the bonus, the bonus round. Oh, uh, the bonus round. Got you. Yeah, but anyways, but yeah, it was uh pretty good though. But yeah, Juan Soto, um, you know, way to put him on for uh, you know, DC and everything. And I'm happy he um won. It was a pretty good one. And Kyle Schwarber, man, he choked though. Hell, he disappointed me. <laughs> but that's just a Phillies man. <laughs> you know he did man. that on purpose too, bro. Man, you oh, know he bro. did that on purpose. Oh man, yeah. I feel like he actually though. No, I feel like okay. So I want to piggyback off of two things that that uh, you just said, Mark. So number one, I do think that Schwarber probably like had the tiebreaker round. He, I'm pretty sure he did that on purpose. I don't think he was actually trying to lose. And I think it, I, I think Pool like like Pool like now Pujols came out a man possess as a man possessed in that in that tiebreaker round. He literally went back to the machine to Albert being Albert first stint with the St. Louis Cardinals, Albert Pujols. Um, but we'll get to him in a minute. Um, another thing I wanted to piggyback off of was what you said about how Juan Soto put on for this for the city of DC. And that is absolutely true because the Nationals probably they won't win anything else this this year, but a Washington National took home a trophy in 2022 with the um 2022 home run derby. Um We all like this is the second year in a row. Last year we did this with uh with uh Shohei o- with Shohei Otani. 
where we had a player that we were really hyping up saying, you guys need to pay attention to this guy. This guy is the real deal. We were saying it about Shohei Otani last year because Shohei was the first thing where it was is 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 literally like you can't even describe how great Shohei Otani is. That's how great he is. And this is not an exaggeration. Julio Rodriguez had been just had has had so much hype coming into his rookie season and he started off slow. But what you saw in that home run derby is kind of is literally what he has been doing over the course of the last two months. And the J-Rod show is real. I'm happy that it got put on display last night. Um, and he is somebody who we are going to be. He is like he is somebody that we are going to be talking about for the next 10, 15 years. Also, he's also a big reason why the Seattle Mariners are the hottest team in baseball. So big ups to the man, J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez. And just one more other point. Both times when there were players that were hyped up to uh, win the home run derby to do or to do really well in the home run derby, again, last year, Shohei Otani, this year, Julio Rod, Rod, Rodriguez, Juan Soto came and beat both of them. So I'm going to just put that out there. And it's crazy because on Wednesday, when I was at the game after it got postponed, bro, I was straight up at the ballpark saying that Juan was going to beat Julio in the dirt. And I ended up being right. But give me my damn respect. And before we move on, you know what Pete Alonzo was listening to, like, in the little batting cage? What? It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours. Take I knew it was some shit like that. <laughs> bro, Pete Alonzo was the most serious and everything, bro, and he ended up still losing. I'm like, saying. Damn, it's was like full on meditating, bro. Bro, he was trying to try uh, tie up King Griffey so bad, and I'm happy King Griffey still holds it, but damn. <laughs> That's probably Peter the Lonzo, he was mad focused. ever happened in the home run derby. Right. How do you be the most serious one, but the loser? <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no, it's hilarious because everybody else vibing and talking with Albert Pujols, and you got Peter Lonzo over here just deadlifting. Bro, he funny. <laughs> I was laughing, Loki. He, he was funny as that. hell for that, bro. He funny as hell, bro. Right, so, so and and I and I know y'all remember last like last year like when one of his balls like like hit somebody in the leg and like they had to like help him off the field and then you and then the camera just cuts the Pete and he's just at the plate vibing. Peter <laughs> Alonzo was funny, bro. Yeah. My my man was really trying to channel his inner Castellanos. Only Nick Castellanos can this can Nick Castellanos can Nick Castellanos people. But um, I want to stick with Albert Pujols. Um, he's being um, him and me, him and Miguel Cabrera are being honored, you know, at the All-Star game this All-Star weekend. Um, Albert Pujols was in the uh, home run derby again. Um he ended up losing in the semifinal round to to um Juan Soto, but he wasn't no slouch. How do you feel about the send off that he got at uh, Dodger Stadium for the home run derby? It was absolutely beautiful, and honestly, he, he deserves more of that send off. This like the second half of the season, and hopefully into the playoffs. And it's not just him; Yadier Molina too, because. Albert Pujols, in his prime, was absolutely unstoppable. Yadier Molina at his prime might have been the best player in baseball of that era. Mm-hmm. And then Adam Wainwright, you could put him in here, too, because there's talk that he might retire after this year, too. Yeah, it is. Prime Adam, like, prime Adam Wainwright. Let, let me tell you, at the beginning of the 2010s, the, the end of the 2000s, 
when Adam Wainwright was on the mound, just know you ain't winning. You ain't winning that night, and you might get no hit. That was prime Wainwright. It, bro, is, it is so good to see Pujols, Molina, and Wainwright on the same team again. And the Cardinals are playing good baseball. The Cardinals are probably going to make the playoffs. And as we all know, just to make the playoffs means you have a shot at winning the World Series. So it just depends on how things fall your way. Um, Mark, you have anything to say about the uh, Pujols send-off? I know we kind of just went on a little bit, bit of a tangent here. I know it was, it was pretty good, though. I mean, I wasn't really into baseball, like, that much during his primetime years, though. But it, it was a pretty good, um, like, just, like, honor, like, seeing that. And as you've learned more about the, um, his history and, like, the impact he had in baseball, and it was good seeing him participate in his last home run derby. It was pretty cool, though. And that's, like, me being, like, a, you know, like a, a newer baseball fan. I think it was a pretty cool, you know, like, like overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, it, was a, it was a really cool thing to see. I I am not watching the All Star game. I can't at the at um, the moment, but I wonder what they're gonna do for Miguel Cabrera because Miggy deserves a huge send off too. And another thing to go back to um, Pujols and Molina and them, y'all know they're at Nats Park next weekend, right? Oh, I thought it was gonna be later in the. No, nah, it's it's next weekend. Unfortunately, I can't be there because I'm gonna be out of town. But bro, I need Nats Park packed that whole weekend to give Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols the send-off they deserve. Because, I mean, like, because, I mean, we're Nats fans. Like, 2012 hurt, but, damn it, we know ball, and we got our revenge seven years later. So, let's give them the send-off they deserve. And I'm talking, I want a standing ovation every time Yadier Molina comes out of like comes out the dugout. I want a standing ovation for Albert Pujols. Definitely the last day of that series. Yeah, for real, for real, he deserves it. Um. All right. So moving on from that, uh, one last thing with the whole baseball stuff. Which All Star event do you think is better, the Slam Dunk Contest or the or the Home Run Derby? Both being the premier, well, I don't know. Slam dunk still, slam dunk contest still is the premier contest of All Star Weekend. You know, everyone, you say what you want about three point contest, but the slam dunk con- contest is All Star Weekend. Um, so which event do you think is better, the dunk con contest or the home run derby? I'm gonna say the home run derby, off the purpose of. The slam dunk contest always needs a gimmick to keep people entertained. Like, you can't just keep doing the same stuff over and over again. The home run derby, that is a classic, unfuckwittable formula. You could, like, you could do literally the same thing over and over again every year, and it will never get boring. It'll never get stale. Why? Because we'll always want to see Juan Soto hidden bomb. We're always going to want to see Shohei Otani hitting bombs. We're always going to want to see Julio Rodriguez and Byron Buxton, who should have been in this derby, but he wasn't. But he should have been hitting bombs. And we're like, we're going to see, we're always going to want to see Kyle Schwarber hitting bombs. And that's never going to change. Yeah. It hurts my heart that two of the Best home run hitters in baseball, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge were not, at least one of them. I wanted one of them. One of those Yankee bombers. Hell, even put Anthony Rizzo in there. One of them. I wanted to see one of them in this home run derby. And I'm sick to my stomach that we didn't get not one of the Yankee bombers. I'm so upset about that. Number one. I want y'all to know that what he said was 100% genuine and he's standing up on behalf of the stank. That's number one. And number two, I agree with you. And it's, and it's why I'm just kind of irritated that 
instead of them and instead of Buxton, they chose to give the last spot to Corey Seager. Like, for what? Corey Seager didn't do too bad, though. It's just J-Rod was that good. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, yeah, but it's like... There's so many other people that could have and probably should have got that spot. Oh, by the way, Rafi just walked. No, that's well, you know, because you don't want to pitch to Rafi. Even if you try and pitch around Rafi, he still. I mean, it was a two-strike count though. The ass of baseball is coming up. Oh, his thickness. But um, yeah, but honestly, yeah, but I think I agree with Evan. Though I think the MLB um, also, I mean MLB um, home run derby recently like has been better over the slam dunk competition because honestly i'm gonna be real the nba slam dunk competition they haven't really been putting their top like you know names in the dunk contest unlike the mlb who puts their top stars in the uh mo um in the mlb home run derby so you know you're going to see like the best performance you know from the mlb's best baseball's best and with the nba you just can't see that with the slam dunk contest anymore because these the like players they pick, they can dunk, they're athletic, but they aren't like professional dunkers. So we've seen like some of the best of the best when it comes to that. And yeah, it's just not the same dunk competition. It's just really not the same like anymore. So therefore, it's kind of just lost its value a little bit. Honestly, it's just been that terrible, and that's unfortunate with the NBA. And it seems like the home run derby just holds more value compared to the slam dunk contest trophy. I, I, and we I, and we gonna echo Sanford's point. Sanford ain't here, but we're gonna echo his point. Put professional dunkers in the dunk contest. You know what? You, you know what? I was listening to uh, Road Tripping and Larry Nash Jr. was was on there, and Shannon Fry had brought up the idea of putting professional dunkers. Larry Nash said that, and I kind of agree with him when when um he said it, and he really broke it down. At first, I was with the I was with the 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 movement of putting pro dunkers into the dunk contest, but this is an NBA showcase. So you want to see the NBA players, like, like it's to showcase the, the, the talent that, that these NBA players, that the NBA players have. Um, I, but I but with all that being said, I do agree with what y'all said. The 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 home run derby is better than the than the, than the dunk con, contest, especially in recent years, because number one, we've seen just about every dunk that could be done. That's that's one thing about it, and home runs never change. Um, and number two is players take this the players in baseball take the home run derby seriously yeah we joked about pete alonzo but pete alonzo wanted the three p pete alonzo wanted that j-rod wanted that juan soto wanted it so it's so it's like yeah it's all fun and games at the home run derby but these dudes are trying to win something it's bragging rights for is bragging rights for for them. If you're the home run derby champion, it's like you're the heavyweight champion of the world. However, for the slam dunk contest, these players don't really take it as serious as they used to. Like there's no incentive for it. Yeah, there's actually more incentive for the three-point con- contest than there is the dunk contest, but that's another conversation for another, for another day. But these players, they don't, I don't think they really practice their dunks. I think like it just gets to a point where it's like, oh yeah, we need people to enter the dunk con, the dunk con, con- contest. And then you have these rookies or 13th men out, you know, out here just, doing whatever trying to trying to get a 50 and they don't really practice their their um dunks so that's why i think that the home run derby is better um you guys have anything else to add before we move on uh no all right cool cool 
So we about to move on from baseball. And we about to talk about some football. We haven't really talked football on this podcast. Like, really talked about football on this podcast for a long time. Oh, that's a good time to start back up. We about to get in the training game. Yep. Yep. Right, and, yeah, it's been an off season. Mm-hmm. And this is July is the last full month before there's going to be NFL football again because the preseason starts in August. Um, they should have so, never taken the Hall of Fame game out of the last week of July. I know, right? I know, right? But um, so last week, NFL execs released their top 10 QB list. They do this every year. This year, they did the same thing. I'm about to read off this list to you guys. And afterwards, I'm going to have some questions for you. So at number one is Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Number two, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. At number three, Bills quarterback Josh Allen at number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers QB, Tom Brady. At number five, Cincinnati Bengals QB, Joey Burrow. At number six, LA Rams QB, Matt Stafford. At number seven, LA Chargers QB, Justin Herbert. At number eight, new Denver Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. At number nine, Creepy Cleveland Browns quarter quarterback, Deshaun Watson. And at number 10, the quarterback for America's team, Dak Prescott. So, how do you feel about this list? Lamar getting left off is criminal. And at this point, they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, basically. That man might be the most disrespected MVP in in NFL history. Because it's like, he's a unanimous MVP. He is a unanimous MVP. And you got people over here talking like, as far as he's concerned, the 2019 season never happened. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I have two gripes about this about this list the first one being Lamar Jackson not being on there um I just don't see how I don't see how you put Matt Stafford all the way up to six and Lamar Jackson can't even sniff the top 10 I was about to say yeah Evan you brought Evan you brought up the unanimous MVP Yes, because the Ravens' offense is literally Lamar Jackson. Everything that – like, the offense relies so heavily on – Also, by the way, Mookie just drove in a run. Oh, well, it should be for the American League. They go up the middle to drive in a cool year. Yeah, well, it should be the American League because, you know, we should have paid his ass. But, you know, I'm not getting into that. But, um, but yeah, the Ravens rely so heavily on him. And then let's not forget that the Ravens started off like 5-1, and 6-1 and one with a depleted roster before Lamar got hurt himself. Let's not forget that. And I think half of those wins, they came back from a fourth quarter deficit. Let's not forget that. Let's just not. My second gripe is, how do you have at five, six, and seven, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, and Justin Herbert, and at eight, nine, and 10, you have Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Dak Prescott. Make it make sense. Yeah, Matt Stafford over Russell Wilson is kind of yeah question mark too. Honestly, <laughs> Matt honest, Stafford. First off, I'm not even going to be a Cowboys fan because I think Dak is way too low to be at number ten. I think Dak should be much higher, especially above Matt Stafford. And I like Matt Stafford, but please, please, just please, 
him and Joe Burrow have the have gotten the right. What is like they've gotten the? I can't even think of the word. My vocabulary stinks right now, but they've been they've gotten the biggest benefit. There we go, of going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl than any two Q than any two quarterbacks I've ever seen. Any two. I'm not mad at. I like again. I'm not mad at Joe Burrow being in the top ten. I'm more mad at Lamar not being in, in um the top ten. And you got Russ, Deshaun, and Dak at eight, nine, and ten. I just think that's disrespectful. I think it's borderline racist, if you ask me. But you know. They probably Absolutely. would have put Pat, also they, they probably would have put Paul Goldschmidt hit a beautiful bomb. I just saw <laughs> an MVP. But Pat Mahomes, if he wasn't that good, he'd probably be at the bottom of, of uh, this top 10, 10 list. Cause you know, I, I I just think it's borderline racist. I think it's race, I think it's racially charged. Anyways, with that being said, um Give me your top 10 Q, Q, ugh, shit. Give me your top 10 QBs in order. Oh, man. In order? Yes. All right. Number one, Tom Brady. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Number three, Kirk Cousins. I mean, not Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why the hell I got Kirk Cousins on the brain. Patrick Mahomes. Number four, at number four, Josh Allen. At number five, I'm I'm gonna give you one. I'm gonna give you one, Darian. Dak Prescott, number five. Hmm. At number six, now we gonna go. You know what? This is gonna piss people off, and I'm ready for it. Lamar Jackson, number six. At number seven. At number seven. Here I'm gonna go Justin Herbert. At number eight. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Number seven, Russell Wilson. Number eight, Justin Herbert. Number nine, Matt Stafford. And at number 10, rounding out this list, this proper list, I'm going to go. Ah, tough, but I think I'm going to go Derek Carr. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that last one. Go ahead, Mark, because I'm a. Uh... Okay, let's see. So number one, I still have Tom Brady. At number two, I got Pat Mahomes. Number three, I'm gonna say Aaron Rodgers. Let's see. Number four. Hmm. Number four, I'm gonna go in and say Josh Allen. Number five. You know what? Screw it. Some people may be mad, but I'm gonna say Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna put him at my top five. Good one, healthy. See number six. I'm going to say Justin Herbert at six. Number seven. I'm going to say uh, Russell Wilson when healthy. Uh, let's see. Number eight, Joe Burrow, and at number nine, I'm going to put Matt Stafford right there um, at number nine. And then number ten, I'm going to uh, say Dak Prescott. I really wish y'all could see my face. What has Justin Herbert done to be put up this high? I just don't get it. I really just don't get it. I mean, I'm just a fan of him. I just see the potential. I just don't get it. Oh, my God. He's good. (laughs) He is good. I'm not saying that he's bad. I like Justin Herbert, but oh, my goodness. All right, let me get my top. Let me get my top ten. So, uh. Number one, I got Aaron Rodgers. Number two, I have Pat Mahomes. Number three, Tom Brady. Number four, Josh Allen. I like how we all have the same top four. Like, I, I think that's indisputable. Um, number five, I have Omar Jackson. At number six, I have Russell Wilson. At number seven, I have Dak Prescott. Number eight, I have Joe Burrow. 
Number nine, I have Justin Herbert. And number 10, I have Derek Carr. I just can't put Derek Carr in my top 10. And they're all like 32 NFL teams. I, I just can't. <laughs> I, just I understand thought. it. I understand it. I, you know, like, I feel like, I feel like eight through like 12 is close. I think eight through twelve is close because you because you got Stafford, Dak, Carr, Cousins, you know Deshaun, you know Deshaun, you know Deshaun Watson. Only reason, only reason why Deshaun Watson is not in my top ten is because he hasn't played in like a year and a half. That's literally the only reason why. But I would understand why he would be in other people's top ten, regardless of what the hell he did. He's a damn good football player. But I just can't. I just can't believe you put Dak at. You put Dak at ten. Good lord! I'm not gonna be a Cowboys fan though. I get it. I get it. But I'm. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be a Cowboys fan. I'm hosting. I'm hosting today, so I'm not going. You know the crazy thing? I'm pretty sure. Like we both put all four quarterbacks from the AFC West like in our top twenty-five this year, right? Yeah, I mean our top ten this year. Yeah, yeah. We done mm-hmm. put That's every quarterback. That means we just put a quarterback in here that might not make the playoffs. So that that's crazy to think about. But it just goes to show how good that division is. And it makes yeah, that sense division too. is crazy. That's the wild part, and it still makes sense that we put him here anyway. That that makes sense. Like it's wild. All right. Um. Who do you think will be the best QB quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL this this season? Only get to choose one. Oh, I can only choose one. Yes, only only choose one. Mm. Ah, because two of the top three just lost major weapons, and. For the for Tom Brady, the, the best he's got is Mike Evans. I feel like there's a better one out there. So I think I'm going to go with, you know what? Fuck it. Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. Okay. That's not bad. Uh, shoot. It's kind of hard to say, too. You know, to say like the best, you know, if we're talking about strictly like QB and wide receiver duos, hmm, I, I'm gonna put it like this: if the Bengals get a better O line, actual protection for Burrow, I'm gonna say Burrow and Jamar Chase. I see they're just getting nah. better, and better. Now they, now they did, they did actually uh, upgrade that offensive line, so it's gonna be a little bit better. It, it's gonna be fun, yeah. I say Burrow and Jamar Chase, <clears throat> yeah. Even what they did last season was just like crazy in the numbers he put up. Um. Yeah, yeah, I I like both y'all answers. I like both y'all answers. And again, I'm not gonna be a fan. I'm not gonna be a fan. Even still, I don't think I don't think it would be Dak and CD. But oh, that's tough. You know, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Josh Allen and uh, Stephon Diggs. That's a good one. I was thinking of them too. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with those because I just, I just, I just think that there's just another, like there's another level that they're about to reach because that loss that they had in the in the divisional round was just so painful. They're about to, they're they're about to hit another stratosphere, bro. That motherfuckers got the rules <clears throat> changed, bro. Cut the fan base. That's crazy. For real, for real. Like and, it's all that game because they couldn't play defense. <laughs> and. And see, oh. it's it's crazy because what Bills fans did is what Saints fans thought they was about to do after that no call. You know what? You know what? I like what y'all did here. I like what y'all did here. It sets up my next it, perfect segue into the next question that I got for y'all. Give me your top five favorite NFL fan bases, like your favorite fan bases. Don't have to be the best ones, just your favorite ones. All right, so does it does this have to like? Are we allowed to include our own fan bases or not? No, not including your own. 
Not including my own. Got it. Okay. You know what? I'm going to do it in order, too. Number one, Bills fan. Like, I, I, I don't think there's an argument against that. That's number one. Bills fans. Number two, Ravens fans. I feel comfortable putting them here because I never really hated the Ravens. Never really had a reason to. At number three, I'm going to go with Chargers fans. Because, yes, they do exist. They do exist. They've been through hell. And now they're finally getting – it looks like they're going to get the season they deserve to have. Dang, I showed a lot of love to the AFC. Let's go to the A. Let's go to the NFC for the next one. At number four, I'm gonna give some love to Lions fans because you're not gonna find not one person on this earth that's more loyal than a person that roots for the Detroit Lions. I want to say this: the and Lions number- are the most confident team in the in the off season ever, man, and I love it. And then at number five. This wouldn't be a best fans in the league list if I don't put Packers fans on here. So number five, Packers fans. I love Packers fans. That's a good list. All right, my top five, uh, it's not going to be in no order, but I'm going to uh, start off with Ravens fans. I'm cool with just about uh, um, every Ravens fan. I never really had a reason to hate them. Um, my grandmother, she was a Ravens fan. Uh, rest in peace her soul. But yeah, the Ravens they always just been like that. My favorite, like um, team in the AFC. So and I like I like the fan base. You know, the fan base is pretty cool. So I'm gonna say Ravens at number two. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go with the Packers fans. You know, the Cheeseheads never really had a problem with the Cheeseheads or nothing like that. Aaron Rodgers, you know, always like root for him in his big time games. Is uh, you know, his history making like game uh game winning touchdowns, bombs down the field. Hey, Packers fans, shoot, they have a lot to cheer for. And, you know, I, I like them, though. I and mean, they're pretty they're pretty humble for the most part. Let's see. Number three, I'm going to say the Bills Mafia. <laughs> the Bills Mafia is different. They always go full WWE mode on the Sundays and everything. They go all out for the Bills. And, shoot, I, you know, hopefully the Bills can actually, like, you know, reach the Super Bowl because I think that team is, you know, actually, you know, good enough to, you know, go all the way. And I think the Bills fans deserve to see, like, a Super Bowl, you know, in some recent years. Uh, let's see. Number four. Four, who I'm gonna go with for number four as far as fan bases? Hmm. You know what? Screw it. Number four, I'm gonna say the Raiders. <laughs> Their fan base, man, that fan base is different, especially when they were over in uh, Oakland. I'm just like, I see those Raiders fans. I never really had a reason to hate them. They're not my rival team, but bruh, them Raiders fans are like, like something Raiders like fans else. Go crazy, man. Go, bruh, they go, wear go, real go. spikes to the games, bruh. You gotta go to a Raiders game, man. Whether it's home bro. or away, it is it is great. The energy in the stadium is crazy, bro. Or like they wear Halloween costumes sometimes, or some of those, uh, some of that, some of that apparel. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I said four. Let's see a number five. Hmm, number five. Dang. Hmm, can't really think of number five. A fan base I really don't mind. Uh, you know. Uh, no, actually, number five. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to just say, I'm going to just go ahead and say, I guess, I don't know, I guess Browns fans for being loyal. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, Browns fans, they have a pretty loyal fan base, like sticking with that team. So, hey, I, I respect the you know, Browns uh, fan base. I'm going to put them at number five. Uh, someone has to, like, you know, show them some sympathy. <laughs> I know, right? All right, not bad, not bad. All right, so I'm gonna go. So number one, and I like that. Me, no, I like that parade. No, I do like how Browns fans trolled them. They do a parade for going home in sixteen. That was actually funny. That bro. was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like I gotta give them. I, I gotta laugh at them for that. That was funny when he did that. All right, so number one for me is Bills fans. I mean, there really is no explanation. I think the Bills Mafia is probably the greatest fan base in the NFL, I think, yeah, and yeah, they are. This fan base is a close second. Raiders fans are just, they're deep. They run deep. Um, Number three, 
Packers fans, I love Packers fans. I, although the Packers have have given me have just given me a lot of pain within the last few years. I love Packers fans. They're just so they're all so nice. Like like they're all like they're all friendly and you know they just want to have a good time. Um, number four is Falcons fans. Just for the sole fact that they literally look for any chance to just kill Saints fans. They look for any chance to do it. They always want smoke. And it is it is hilarious. Just I love I love I love Falcons fans. Like Falcons fans are are like Arsenal fans where they've known a little bit of success, but they know a great deal of pain. They know a great deal of pain. So Falcons fans are number four. And number five is about to shock you. Why? Because Commanders fans. Why? Because I love going back and forth with, with them. It's always, I always tell Commanders fans that I'm a freaking Cowboys fan. They always got something to say, but it's always friendly banter with, with them. They're passionate, they're loyal, and the city is just different when the commanders are good. So let's finish this podcast off with some NBA talk, man. DeAndre Ayton signed an offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. And in less than 30 minutes, the Suns matched the offer sheet. So DeAndre Ayton is back on the Phoenix Suns. Ta-da. Your thoughts. First of all, I want to offer some prayers to, to everybody who may be listening in Montreal that heard us say the word offer sheet because all them motherfuckers just got traumatized. That's number one. Number two, the Suns might have just like Suns might have just saved their ass. They may have just saved their ass with that one because you can't afford to let a dude like DeAndre Ayton go for nothing, especially when you're you're a team like Phoenix and you know you're not like a free agency destination. Because I mean, everybody wants to go once. Like a lot of people want to go one state over to California and play with the Lakers or the Clippers or the Warriors. But don't nobody want to go to Phoenix unless you got a star there to play with. DeAndre Aiden can be that star for years to come. And Devin Booker, too. Which is like, and it's also good that Phoenix locked them up to the Supermax. So, yeah, th- this was an offseason where the Suns really needed to, like, keep the court together. And they've done a good job of doing that. Yeah, Phoenix is lucky to have uh, a big a big three like um the um CP3, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton because like losing DeAndre Ayton would have been huge. And we've seen this um Phoenix just go to the founders recently, so you know they, they can uh they have the capability to you know contend for a championship. So getting him back, like uh, getting him back, you know, locked in with the team, yeah, that, that was pretty smart. It's like basically DeAndre Ayton took a, took a lunch break, bro. It's like the news came out saying that you know he got traded, and then like. Out of nowhere, I ended up missing the second uh the second report that came out or whatever. But yeah, so I was like, dang, he's right back with Phoenix though. So the Suns definitely like they definitely would came in clutch uh keeping him because it was not looking good for like a long time. And Aiden definitely uh won it out after a while. But they I guess they worked something out with that front office in Phoenix. And like Evan said, it's not like Phoenix is a big uh you know big market a big uh, um free agency hotspot. So yeah, they're lucky to keep that big three together. Yeah, I, I agree that it it would be foolish of the Suns to not uh, match the you know Indiana's offer, and really Indiana just gave them like the max straight straight up. They didn't try and put any little little twists and turns in there that would de- that would deter Phoenix away from signing from matching it. So. You know, it's a good move for Phoenix. You know, it, it when you're a team like that, you have, like Evan said, you got to keep your core together. And again, they're doing a very good job at doing that. Um, I think they'll, I think they'll be okay. Um, I think they're another team, another one of those teams is going to come out hungry. 
Well, they better come out hungry because the West is going to be crazy. Um, so last topic is which teams are the most slept on contenders? So when so we're not going to talk about Boston. We're not going to talk about Golden State or Phoenix or Philly. Or, I mean, we got to see what Brooklyn does. What team, or the Clippers, because we don't want to lead them out. But what team are we just, teams are low-key contenders? I'm going to go Toronto. I'm going to go Toronto because they got a nice little squad. They built a winning culture up there north of the border. And they, like, if this Kevin Durant trade actually happens, they might be, like, they might be the team that I think he's going to go to. Um. Honestly, so like, hold up. What's the question again? So you said, what teams like a sleeper team, like a like a sleeper, like a, like, like a swept on, like like teams that can potentially contend that no one's talking about. So we're taking out the Boston's, the Milwaukee's, the Miami's, the the Phillies, the you see you see where I'm going. Oh right? yeah 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 yeah. Oh okay, I got you. So honestly, I'm gonna say uh, Chicago, the Bulls. Because I'm um, honestly, I think the Bulls are like one of like one of the most uh like best teams over in the East, like one of the uh, top teams in the East until the second half. Because like they were doing pretty good, but like in the first half of the season, there was um in like the top three of the seedings, and yeah, you have them injuries um like cost them. So honestly, I feel as though like a Bulls, uh, like a healthy uh young Bulls come Chicago team, they're going to um you know like be pretty good like under the radar, and they're, no one's really going to like like see it coming honestly when it comes to them and they're gonna like uh they can like come out like come around during playoff time and like shop a few teams so i can see the bulls of being that uh that slept on like i say contender team you know like kind of like making a little bit of noise uh next season yeah i can i can see it i can see it um so i have two teams one in each conference um, if you want to pick another team from another conference, you can. Um, so, well, my second team was Cleveland, though. That was my second team. Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about Cleveland too, but um, my second team was Denver. No one talks about how the you got the back-to-back MVP, Jamal Murray. Now, actually, yeah, that depends on what version of Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. that we're gonna get in Denver. That's really what that depends on. But um, so for me, I got Atlanta. I think it Atlanta got DeJounte Murray and did not have to get rid of Clint Capella or John Collins. That is a steal, a huge steal. And I think that, like, I think that they're that that they're a team. Like, if Dejounte and Trey can mix well, I think I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be scary, cause then, you know, like Trey running off 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 ball screens and DeJounte Murray's ability to find the open man is going to be crazy. And then John Collins can get can can get busy too. Then you got DeAndre Hunter and Clint Capella and they're going to be a nice team to watch. And then of course and this really isn't me being a fan but we're talking about the Lakers, but we're not talking about them as contenders. We're just talking about, well, can they just be good? I think that if AD and LeBron stay healthy and they're able to 
figure it out with Westbrook, which I think that they're able to do. I think the Lakers can be right up there in the West because, again, healthy LeBron, healthy AD, and at least some of what Russell Westbrook used to be. I think we I think we'll be straight. All right, so we good? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, well, that is another episode of the 301 Outlet Podcast. Um, Any final words, my friends? Juan Soto was a home run derby champion. Yes, sir. Yes, he is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I will also like to say that on Saturday, I went to see Arsenal play Everton in Baltimore and Arsenal won, which means I am Arsenal's good luck charm and I should move to London because maybe then we'll win fucking games and we'll win the Premier League. So with that being said, shout out to the gang, shout out to our supporters, shout out to our first time and last time listeners, shout out to you, Sanfa. Hope you're doing okay. Keep pushing, my brother. Um, and uh, if you like us, be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't, well, kick rocks. Um, with all that being said, I bid y'all adieu, a good night, a farewell. Y'all be easy. <laughs>